Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up, everybody? You guys can hear me now, right? Yep. All right. I'm professional. Don't worry about it. Uh, welcome to another class in session. So uh, this is the first time we're officially meeting each other, but uh, this is also a way for me to like let you introduce yourself to to everyone that's watching and everyone that's here with us right now. Sure, awesome. Um, yeah, this is I'm I'm Boy Sichtman uh, from the Netherlands. Currently live in Frankfurt. Um, I'm an environment artist currently at um, Cloud Imperium Games, uh, formerly known as Foundry Forty Two, uh, working on Star Citizen at the moment. Um, so I uh, went to International Game Architecture and Design, which is in the Netherlands, in Breda. Uh, did the visual arts course there. Then from there, I went to Elite 3D, uh, doing prop art in, uh, in Valencia, in Spain. And then from there, I went to Cloud Imperium Games, which wow. I joined about three years ago. So it's a short brief. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, man. And where in Cloud Imperium? Which studio uh, location? The Frankfurt. In Frankfurt. How many studios do you guys have uh, around the world? I think it's about five now. So we have the Frankfurt oh, wow. one uh, in Derby in the UK. Then we have one in uh, Manchester or next to Manchester in Wilmslow. Uh, then a Texas one and one in L.A., Oh, awesome. Man. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, of course, I came across your work uh, on ArtStation and it's your hard surface master. So uh, have you always been interested in hard surfacing? Have you tried other character modeling? Have you tried uh, other other parts of the game game dev before settling on, on hard surface? So, yeah, I've tried pretty much all of it for a little bit at, at school. I was kind of forced to try it, basically. Um, so everything from animation, Houdini, uh like concept art, painting, life drawing, um, touch upon everything like a little bit. Um, but this was pretty soon, like after maybe two years or after one year that I knew like hard surfaces is my jam. That's, that's the thing I really love doing. I've always been really into like the military, like my, my dad's from the military. So I kind of grew up in, in a military environment, I guess. I think that kind of pushed me into this direction as well. Of like guns and and vehicles and everything made from metal basically always interested me in some way <laughs> there's obviously a massive knowledge that you have to go with creating a lot of this because you're kind of deconstructing it first and then recreating it in 3d in a lot of ways and it helps to have some background knowledge and i think with 3d art you can really tell if people have the fundamentals when they're creating uh <laughs> can you comment a bit about that like how, how how far do you go with learning how a gun operates before you actually uh create something from scratch or actually create something from reference uh, especially like star citizen which is sci-fi yeah um I think for Star Citizen, we're we're pretty realistic focused. Um, it's it's kind of the whole setting point of the of the project as well. Um, I I I can't say too much about the project, of course, because I uh, I didn't sign any NDA or anything. But um, but I, I'm I'm I can I can talk a bit about it. Um, so it's it's you always have to find a nice balance between re- realism and fun. 
So, I mean, we don't go into the nitty gritty of like the thrusters have all the internals and stuff like that. We, we don't really do that, but it has to look believable from the outside. And I try to do the same thing with my own projects where I research enough to make it look like 80% believable and at 20%, I kind of, you know, I, I allow for some, um, some imagination on how it works, uh, or like more, maybe more like 30, 70. I think that that's a value that always come back in a lot of things. But um, I always, I, I think it's important to also have fun with it and not get stuck too much on how practical it is. Um, but, but yeah, it, it is important to do research and to at least have, have people look at your work and have at least some understanding of how it works and, and what the, the tech, the technology behind it is. Uh, I think that always makes it more interesting to look at than something that's purely visual, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think when we started to, when um, we have obviously a lot of students here who are, are somewhat professionals, but also like very green, right? They're very new and they're looking for their first job. And um, when I started and probably when you started too, like prop art was a very, uh, vacant spot i mean it was like the most uh prominent job that you can get into the industry right but like now it's gotten so specialized unless you're like badass like you boy uh it's very hard to get into prop work as a junior artist right um like have you seen kind of that change in landscape and what advice would you have for people who are still in, in, enjoying environment art enough to want that to be their first job uh so you're saying uh, prop art got more difficult to get into basically or Prop art got more difficult. Uh, it's gotten like more outsourcing and it's hard to be like a junior uh, yeah, yeah. prop guy. Yeah. Like how, how, how I've seen the ch uh, changes. Um, I mean, I'm pretty new in the industry myself. I mean, I've mm -hmm. only been, been doing this for five years. So mm -hmm. I guess for me, um, maybe I got lucky the way I got hired uh, at, at Elite 3D, which is, it's, it is an outsource studio, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of the path I took, I guess. But um, yeah, I guess the, the bar has been raised over yeah. the past few years, I think, because there's so many resources out there um, that like everyone can get to a basic like a, a basic level pretty soon um, and a basic understanding of, of, of how to do it. So you, re you really have to outshine a lot of people in order to get noticed and, and land that dream job, I guess. Um, and yeah, I think to do that, it, I think it comes down to just doing it a lot. Maybe for your first projects, don't get stuck too much on, on the same project. Uh, try to do for like the first year, maybe try to do like rather more projects than, than really getting stuck on one, one single one. And then once you feel like you've got the basics, then just really, really go for those, those, those king projects, like make something that you feel is, is going to outshine everything and just ask a lot of people for feedback and make them push you even harder to really get something that that stands out from everything i think that that's something that, that i learned along the way is don't try to do stuff fast for your portfolio just try to really take your time and really push it to that next level uh, if that makes sense mm -hmm. actually that that didn't really answer the question in the end but it, it answers it it answers it i mean like um it is one of those uh things that I, i've noticed too like a lot of um 
Because even when I started, uh, they were looking at ways to just hire seniors in the office, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and looking at solutions for for junior. And I think even now it's starting to become more that way. Where you know AAA studios are looking more for seniors and uh, trying to outsource like uh, level props and stuff, right? But of course, that's not. This is be yours is beyond. You're doing weapons and stuff. Weapons is still very much a thing. Tanks are still very much a thing. Um, but like all jobs besides environment art has kind of been seeing that shift as well. Uh, I guess my follow up yeah. question is, um, you know, we, we have these group of students here and I'm encouraging them to do a group project because everybody was kind of in their own kind of pocket doing their own personal. And it was one of those ideas is like, well, you guys are kind of working uh, individually. Why not do something as a group project? Because then you can achieve something greater. Right. Um, I would love to kind of hear your thoughts about that. Have you ever collaborated while uh, when you're beginning or you do still collaborate now, or are you still mostly personal? Have you seen kind of the pro and cons of, of both things? Um, yeah. So in university, I was also of course forced to do uh, collab projects. Um, I, I think it's a really good way to, to, you know, create something together. First of all, you learn how to work together better, which is also important for, for a job, I think. Um, and also like, like you say, you you can create something that you would never be able to create yourself, like a massive environment, for example. Um, like that's just going to take too long if, if you have to do it by yourself. So you can really focus on, on creating those, you know, those assets or those props, really pushing them to the level, um, you want them to be. And then you can combine them in the environment and have like a nice video of this, this, you know, how it all comes together basically, which, um, which, you know that you also this way you um, broaden your reach to to people. Like people will find find your stuff through other people as well because you make mm-hmm. it together. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm I, I love I love collabs actually. I, it's something I want to do more myself as well. Now that I've done so many projects by myself lately. Uh, I, I, I will say really this, fun. like in school, it was a lot easier to kind of get a group together on an individual level. Now you're dealing with like, well, I mean, I guess, I guess your kid needs you right now. We can't do anything <laughs> as a professional. Yeah, it's yeah. so much harder to get a group together. So that's why I'm trying to get these guys to kind of uh, see this as valuable to like the group of people like aiming to do something. Uh, it's very rare when life goes on, you're not going to get that much opportunity because people are week two, week three, you know, they're, they're probably seeing it too. Now that uh, you, your best friend has an excuse, uh, all of a sudden, right? So it's always something yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming up with distractions. Um, so I, I would love to kind of go through, uh, some of your work and go through your process, man. Um, if you want to start sharing screen or, or if I can, um, whatever sure. works best with you. Yeah, but, I got uh, some stuff open here. So awesome. let's see how this works. I've actually haven't used Zoom before. So so Zoom, uh, you just share screen on top uh, on the bottom. And if you uh, have like uh, audio, there's a way to connect your audio so that we can hear it too. So uh, yeah, I don't think I have any audio with this. Okay, uh, screen one. All right, let's see if I can get Zoom on the right side again. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I just did a clean install uh, yesterday of Windows, so it's, okay. it's all fresh. <laughs> um, just preparing for the 3090 when I hopefully get it soon. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Cause you got a hold one? Go my... Jeez, man. Those are well, so hard. I, like gold. I thought so. <laughs> I thought I did, but now I'm still waiting for like two months or something probably okay. before I get it. All right. Um, I guess... 
should we go about for this one first maybe like the, yeah yeah let's go okay. whatever speed uh you want to go go for it man nice so yeah this is high poly only so it's, it's not a fully realized game prop um for my personal projects i choose to do more more concept stuff myself uh since for me that's kind of my end goal what where i want to go at some point as well is switch to concept just because for me that's um what a few most fun doing it mm-hmm. um so yeah let's see i have fusion here but yeah i mean the the process to create a high poly like this is the same as you would for a prop almost i think um so let's see why did i save this so fusion is a very popular hard surfacing program that you know i played with a little but not that much can you kind of explain what the advantages over i assume that you you know work with my and all these other tools as well what, mm-hmm. what are the advantages of fusion that you find so uh relaxing um i will actually show a few uh okay. i guess since i have it open anyway so i mean the main difference between fusion for those who don't know it the main difference is um fusion is well nerps based or a uh, parametric modeling basically so the detail is is like um never ending like it's based on calculations rather than polygons if that makes sense yeah it's all run by splines um so that not every spline or parametric program can do this but fusion in particular has some neat functions that i love about it so for example if i have this cube i don't think i have my hotkeys unfortunately but I can manage without, I hope. <laughs> um, so for example, you can rotate a face like this and it will keep the tangency on, on all the faces, right? Like if I rotate nice. this, you can see like these faces, they, they, they don't change. Like if this was a polygon and I would rotate this, it would, you know, it would change these. It, they would rotate the edges here with them basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's one thing. So say I do this, um, I can take this face. If I move this face, you can see it let's just do it like this so you can see it better you can see it still keeps the tangency of of all the faces that connect to it um which is for me that that's already amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. um then say i do like a boolean or something here like i have box and i cut out this box i have this face for example say i want this to continue i just delete the face and it does the same thing Mm -hmm. it continues the tangency all the way out of the model um and then you can do things like Say I have this, I move this to the side here. Uh, let's move it again. If I move this and I do, uh, sorry, not moving, one sec. Let's go here, create pattern. So for example, if I do a pattern, which is basically a, an array for in Maya or Max, uh, I believe, I can do this, for example, if I commit to it, it you know, it sees the detail, not as it, it's basically a separate object. If that, like, and it knows how to cut it in when you when you array it. Um, and then, if I want to delete something here, I can delete this face. Uh, actually, that doesn't work. I can extrude it. Boom, that's gone. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, this. It, it's all these little functions. Like, if even this, like, I can move this here, and you would think now it will break. But it doesn't. If I commit to it, it's just going to cut away nicely, and it it just knows how to resolve everything. And for me, this I don't have to think about how to, how to make stuff that much anymore. I can just kind of think of a cool shape, and I can model it without having to worry about 
topology or, or, or like um, edge loops or anything like it, which for me that just, it's very creative and it just allows me to do stuff a lot, a lot faster, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. So what are the cons? <laughs> what are the setbacks <laughs> that you see in other programs that you wish you had, Fusion had? There if are definitely any. cons. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I guess the, the main con is if you want to make a low poly from this, um, you, you would have to export it either either as an OBJ or you go to more and you export the topology to to like your 3ds software uh, to your 3d software where you make the low poly like say Maya or Max. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the topology, you, you, you don't have too much control, right? Like I don't decide here how the topology is going to be really. Yeah. Um, you have some sliders on export, for example, that that allow you to have some basic controls, but it's you're always going to have to clean up some some bits here and there to to get to a nice bakeable low poly, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the main thing. the The other thing is doing very compound shapes, um, like with, with sub D, for example. If if you want to create a certain shape, you at some point you understand how how to um, work the topology to get some very compound round shapes uh, in some instances, whereas the whole workflow to get those shapes is very different in Fusion. Like for example, you want to use uh, forms. This is probably the closest to sub D. Um, so this is, I mean, this is basically sub D. Like you, it has mm-hmm. creases, and you can you can modify the the topology how you want, but it it doesn't work as nicely as sub D in in any other three software. Um, so if, if, for example, if you want to create, um, say if, let's see if I can find an example on the internet, uh, maybe like, um, AR 15 stock something. Oh, that's 16, 15. Let's see if I can do this. I mean, this is pretty like if as long as it's like made out of primitives, it's doable. But um, it's more like hmm, I hope I can find a quick example. This is all pretty doable. I guess it's more like cars, for example. Like if you mm-hmm. look like a Lam- Lamborghini or something, it's like creating these kind of shapes in Fusion. That's that's going to be very tough. Like you would have to first draw out all the lines and then do like lofts and use all kind of different tools that you usually don't use in, in 3D software. So it, it's a whole new learning curve that you have to go through. Um, whereas it would probably be faster even to do it in 3ds Max, even if you're very comfortable with the tools. So what what, um, so, what is the, yeah. uh, I'm assuming there's a beveling freebie at the end of this where you want to turn that object into not sharp. It takes care of that. Yeah, so... Uh, fillets basically like this I see. Um, you would have to go in manually and just fillet everything that, that's if you want if you want the most control oh, nice. so yeah like this and then after this now it's going to recognize the edge loop here so if I do a fillet now there you go uh, and that's basically how you go I'm sorry, <laughs> shading too you're convincing yeah, yeah. me man oh my god <laughs> yeah. it's super fun to use and it's free for students I think mm-hmm. uh, yeah well, so when it comes to weapon weapon modeling uh, or, or, or vehicle modeling, anything hard surface, it seems like in within a portfolio, especially for a student, as long as you can show at least one piece uh, that you know the full process of baking and texturing, the rest of it could be just conceptual. Uh, is that true? Uh, do you find that if, if you got to have a balance, more of a balance between the two uh, for getting a job? Because I, I think 
within, I think everybody usually just gets impressed with hard surfacing where they don't need to really, they don't care about the end process as much. Um, is that true? Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think maybe one, yeah, like one project maybe is, I would go for maybe two or three at least, I think myself, um, just, just to be sure, you know, like I, I would be okay if I, if I see a project of someone um, with like just one like fully worked out uh, environment or a bunch of assets in, in one post, for example, that, that, that I can see, okay, you understand the pipeline, I would be okay with it. But I think may, maybe there's still some studios where, where, where they rather go with someone who has like two or three of those. Yeah. But I, I definitely agree that, um, you know, if, if you can show that you can do it, then after that, I like to see more, like I um, appreciate it more if people show that they understand a bit of design and, and concepting as well. Because uh, I think that's, that's a very valuable, valuable skill as either a pop artist or environment artist as well to have. Because often you're going to end up with, with concepts that are very rough or very, like you, you only have one side of a concept or it's very quickly drawn. And having the ability then to, to quickly, um, you know, design out the parts that are missing or to fill in the gaps, basically, um, that, that's a very good skill to have. And that's going to really help you a lot in industry. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So when you uh, do your concept stage, which is usually fusion and you bring it to a 3D package to retopologize it, is it usually Maya Max, I'm assuming? Um, it depends on the project. So um, let's see. So for this one, I actually didn't do a low poly at all. This is just mm-hmm. a high poly and octane render. But, octane um, render. So, octane, <laughs> so, so you're used to octane. I'm, I'm assuming you played with Keyshot. Um, and I'm assuming Arctin just has more control that you can just push it a little further, right? Is that the reasoning? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. And like the way you build shaders and stuff in Octane, I, in general, I just like the, you, you, the end result in Octane more. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really pinpoint it. I think it's the shading or the way it, it, it renders or calculates lighting or this and the materials and stuff. I just like it a bit more in, in Octane myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and usually you have like a whole setup, like a scene setup already, and you just drop your property, you rebuild everything um, for that. It's always from scratch. Um, okay. Since I, I always like to, tw- I, for every shot I, I do, um, like here for every shot, I basically, I mean, I copy over the materials from scene to scene, but then I delete everything except the materials. And then I start redo the lighting completely to highlight all the top corners, bottom corners, like get the rim lights, get the, like the key lights and everything. 
um, probably do like a couple of renders that I then overlay on top of each other and and like paint out little highlights here and there um, or mask them out. Um, and th yeah, that's basically how I redo every render uh, that you see here. I can show the Photoshop file maybe if if you want. Yeah, show me the Photoshop. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, people, uh, kids these days, it's it's getting to a point where I say Photoshop, they say what? Like, they don't use it much for anything anymore. <laughs> it's always <laughs> substance all the way. It's like, guys, yeah. learn how to use texturing from the basics first, too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, like, uh, let me ask you this. So I see a lot of students, even professionals, they spend like a good amount making sure their model their their art asset or whatever their scene looks fantastic but then they mm. fall apart in presentation like just that it just they don't know how to take screenshots they don't know how to present it yeah. um what, what advice do you have uh when we're at the stage of the finishing line which people say is the last 10 percent, but i say it's like 90 percent of the whole thing just presentation um mm. what, what do you think about that um no i i agree i think presentation is where you can really make your models shine and you, you can push it you can push it so much further than what you always think be, before you start it like you can probably gain gain a lot of like maybe you can make it look 50 percent better if you do the presentation right basically if that makes sense mm -hmm. um so i you would i would really take yeah take your time and just don't rush it i because I, I know it, it's fun you know you, you're done you want to post it you want to present it and post it and 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 just show it to the world basically but yeah don't just take your time and and sleep a night over it and then look at it next day and because i i made that mistake a few times where i i'm like oh finally i'm done Let, let's show it and i post it and the next day i look at it and i'm like ah oh, i hate it yeah, <laughs> like why did i post yeah. this yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do you often have like a like a circle that you kind of throw it around before you publicly post it, or do you usually just take walk, take a walk away from it before like self critique, basically like what is your process before you, you share it? It's um it's a bit of both. So I, I always try to sleep, sleep at night basically before, before I really do it, like look at it the next day, mm -hmm. uh, even though it's finished. Um, but also I, I'm in a couple of discords with some friends where we always just throw, throw around our work and get, nice. you know, like we do some screen share and, and, and feedback each other, um, which really helps a lot. Um, that's yeah. a clever way. Yeah, I, I haven't really thought of, you know, we have obviously a Discord with all the students doing that, but on a professional level, as just friends, never even thought mm -hmm. about that. I guess, I guess, when I, once I leave work, I don't want to talk to them anymore. <laughs> but it's very clever to kind of have that circle to kind of push each other, even if you're not working on a game, mm -hmm. right? Working on a game is obvious, but like personal project, it seems like a very handy thing to do for Discord. Is that something you guys discovered, or it was? Or you guys always had that idea. I think we've we've always done it either through Facebook before or through um, what else did we have? I think yeah, Google Hangouts also. We always have Hangouts active where we just jump in and and just have a chat, play games, do art, play games, do art, nice. uh, st stuff like that. You know, um, and that's I think I learned most. Like nowadays, I learn most of my new skills or like. Just I learn in general. I learn most from from those hangouts, where we just feedback each other and and give each other tips and share tips and tricks and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's smart, man. That's clever. 
Because I think once you become a professional, like what we were beginning to talk about was uh, you kind of lose touch with each other. You don't do group projects as much. And mm-hmm. um, it, it comes very natural thing to to go to work and then go home and sometimes keep it separate. Right. Uh, but that, that connection is pretty important, um, to kind of be motivated. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of depends, right? Like it, it really depends on the person. Like for some people it's, it's more like a nine to five job. Like they, they're done with it and they just relax the rest of the night uh, or the weekend and don't really think about art that much, which I think is fine. Um, it's, it's, it's perfectly viable. Uh, but yeah, for me, I just, I, I like it too much. I, I can't let it go in the weekends or even after work. I just, it's, it's the thing I like doing. So I, I just push it uh, whenever I can, I guess. Well, expand on that a bit because I think these uh, students can learn a lot from your, 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 your process to, to motivate and push and, and, and keep the focus because I'm sure you have like mm-hmm. down moments where you just want to relax. Right. Um, when you have a personal deadline that, feels sacred but not really like how do you push yourself to continue to to finish uh you know to have the same attitude as when you started Hmm. so it's kind of ego thing i guess as well like um i always i when i whenever i'm not doing something in my spare time for too long i I feel bad and I, I just like, like, ah, oh, damn, I haven't done, done any personal artwork for like a week now. Like, what, what am I doing? I want to get better. So then I just start doing it basically, um, which is, but not always like say it's very busy at work uh, or I'm, I'm doing some overtime or it's, it's a stressful period. Then I definitely don't try to do this, which is something I had to kind of learn the hard way. Like I burned myself out a little bit, I think like, like three years ago. Uh, just working too much, even though like work was stressful and I was still doing personal projects each night until like maybe three in the morning. And then I wake up, go to work and repeat. (laughs) (laughs) And at some point I just broke, like I, my blood pressure wouldn't come down and I had to, you know, I had to just do, do, don't do art for like a good three months, like not even work. I took Mm. off like that. That's between, um, uh, between my previous job and this job, I just took a break because I, I was driving myself crazy doing too much art. So I think it's important to to know when you go too far like when when the stress gets gets too much um ident- identify it and and mm. just take a step back and and chill. I think that's probably the best advice I can give because you, burnouts are the worst. Uh th- yeah, try to avoid them at all costs. <laughs> um and yeah, besides that it's the main reason I do it or I I do it the way I do it is I think one, because I have friends around me that do it. So we always push each other to, to keep working and keep getting better. Friendly competition. Yeah. Friendly competition. Yeah. yeah it sounds, it sounds weird, but it's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> um, and then um, the second reason is just, I mean, if I don't, I know these projects take a long time in my spare time and every, every day I'm not working on it is not a day that I'm not going to be able to, to release it and start something new. So that's how I kind of push myself to, yeah, to do them and yeah. That's great. To not feel bad about myself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's, uh, it's one of those things I think developers and students, you need to go through to kind of understand what your limitations are. You, you have to kind of, uh, you know, push the limits on burnout, 
know what that feels mm-hmm. like and uh and of course comfort right i think like the great artists are the one that kind of lives between comfort and, and pushing the limit um yeah and yeah. and like like boyer man like your work is so awesome dude um and it encompasses pretty much everything uh lighting competition uh composition conceptual design i mean that that's basically future proofing your career um in a lot of these studios because not a lot of people can do that um but yeah let's yeah. check out this this filter you you're, you're cheating here. Let's see this. <laughs> I, I cheat a lot. <laughs> like uh, this isn't this isn't the worst one. I have another one like where you see the first render and it really looks like like shit. Sorry, I don't know if I could say that. But nice. Yeah, that's the issue. Like I sometimes don't know how to say something in a nice way. I, <laughs> I don't know the bad words. Um, but um, yeah, I really push it in during the post processing. So if I turn off all these layers, um, here's the first render, and okay. I mean you can see it it's 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 detailed but it reads very flat and i don't know there's like a lot of interesting bits missing so first thing i do is just some levels mm-hmm. um let's see then is a z depth pass on top to get some fog you know to separate the foreground from the background with some levels to really make sure that the foreground is still nicely saturated uh, well, the the back is a bit de- desaturated. Nice. Um, then I push the saturation a bit, like make it a bit more warm. And I just like it's super dirty, but I thought like the the spaceship here blends too much with the background, for example. So I just mask it out, make it a bit darker, even though it's not that physically accurate in the big picture. You won't notice it, and it's just gonna pop it out a little bit more. A um, uh, fun fact is this: uh, this spaceship is made from the from this guy i just took some chunks and i get dash it together to make the spaceship uh really really fast (laughs) um let's see what do we have here i'm not even sure what i did here it was probably very late and i was just trying stuff that i thought was amazing but didn't work at all uh some bloom i just paint on top it's just like grab some values and with the soft brush just paint some extra bloom for the for that woe effect so obviously, as you're going through these layers, there's a lot of fundamental knowledge with uh, color theory, composition. Like, is this mm-hmm. something that you just picked up in- intuitively? Uh, books that you can uh, you read or resources that you can use that you can share to kind of help students understand what you're doing? Because pe- when, mm-hmm. when, when people look at this, they were fine with the first image. <laughs> but then you know that you have to get the foreground separate from the background, compositionally, color-wise, you want the lighting coming from the tunnel and then warm to cool. You know, I mean, these are type of theories that I think a lot of students ignored when they went to school and then realized, holy mm-hmm. crap, I should have paid attention uh, because this is very important uh, later later in my career. Yeah, it's... Um actually I, d- I didn't read too many books about this stuff weirdly enough um it, i think it mainly just came with with doing it and getting mm-hmm. feedback from from people who know this stuff <laughs> i think that's probably what would help me the most is um again like uh, i just hang out with with these people um with people i know are, re- are really good it sounds a bit weird right but that's the saying that um surround yourself with the best to become the best it sounds yeah. very cheesy but i i do believe in it yeah um I think it's, uh, they also say like, uh, you become the average of your five closest people. It's like, uh, it's another yeah. way to ah, say yeah. it too. Yeah. Cool. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's basically how, how I learned most of this, um, is just 
doing it a lot, getting feedback and then using that feedback for the next project, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, I, I forget this stuff. Every new project I do, I, I forget this stuff. And someone has to remind me like, dude, it looks super flat. Like you need to add some Z depth. Uh, and like every project, I forget it less basically. Like I remember mm-hmm. more, <laughs> if that makes sense. But it's it's not like you do this once and you, you know it all for the next project. Like you always have to, in your head, repeat, repeat it to yourself and take a step back, like write it down. I, I don't write stuff down enough. Like it's, but it's such a good tool to, I mean, it, it's obvious, but it's such a good tool to, to remember stuff. Like you always get feedback and, or you hear tips and tricks and you're like, oh, nice. Awesome. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm going to use this for the next time. And then I don't write it down, for example. And I like subconsciously forget about it, I guess. Um, and then you, there, they remind you the next time and, yeah, yeah, there is something about that, like the tangibility of writing something down. The last time I wrote something down was filling out the ballot and the <laughs> for, for voting. <laughs> and the, it was like months before that, before I was writing. It's weird. Uh, but like the notebook uh, on the side does kind of like, I feel, capture your thoughts better than typing yeah, sure. it on a computer. Uh, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And there probably are studies about it, but I've noticed it myself. Yeah, when I do write things down, it seems to me it seems to feel like i'm talking to myself more than typing in a computer for some reason if that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah for sure I, I think also um not only with remembering stuff but also if i have if i have a day where i really don't want to work like i i just i feel like not working at all or something um what i always what i found out what works re- really well for me is i just write down some some small things i want to hit Th- those days like i want to model the engine or i, I want to you know, create a new panel material. I want to do this little front bit here, put some antennas there and stuff like that. As soon as I write those down and I start doing one of them, I immediately get into the flow and I just do more that day than I would have done on a normal day, basically. Mm-hmm. It's it's super weird how it works. <laughs> yeah, so like, let's uh, I would love to kind of hear you expand on that, getting into the flow, which seems to be like getting the engine started for all artists. It's like, if you don't get that, you just get nothing done. And it usually feels... Like the first five minutes is the most important uh, to get the like mm-hmm. next two, three hours. Um, like, where was there a process for you to, to discover that? Uh, did it take a while for you to like understand that, or, or like how 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 were ways where it just really made you stuck um, uh, before you you started you know getting into this rhythm? Hmm. Um. It 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 really depends on the task to start with like if for example if some with some tasks i i always get into the flow and because it's okay usually with fun tasks i guess it's like that's when you it's really easy to get into the flow and and just just go (laughs) um but the issue that i have mostly is with um if if there's a lot of a big body of work in front of you um that you need to hit it's it's very hard to to break it down in your mind and Whenever you don't break it down in your mind, it's really hard to start to start it, basically. So that's when the writing down really helped me um, to start always. And other than that, I personally never had much issues to get into the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just basically I... It's a military out. background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the main thing is just for me is 
put on some music, you know, like hype yourself up, some some sci-fi music or whatever, or, or like for me, it's actually, it's techno that hypes me up for some reason. Mm-hmm. I always just put on some techno and then I get into the the mood like, all right, let's, let's do this. <laughs> then mm-hmm. I just open, open the thing on my screen and I just start going at it basically. Um, with with the easy stuff but well this question is very specific uh is it usually the same playlist like it's a <laughs> like it's um, a trick that you you get yourself into it or is it like a you play around with different playlists every time or for music it's it fluctuates <laughs> mm-hmm. like um i do have this, this in the zone list on youtube um, okay. which is like this whole collection of music that i that i expand on every once in a while um that yeah, to get into the zone, basically. Um, actually, <laughs> I, f- I forgot about it, but that playlist is literally called In The Zone. I, it's just like my, my top playlist. I always click and, and go at it. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to um, ask you for that link. Maybe we can, yeah, maybe sure. the students uh, here can, can pump out some good work like yours. <laughs> just get in the zone. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, so, but sometimes I did notice like the if the music is too out there, like if it's too... Too much melody, too much vocals. It's distracting. Like I prefer when it's a bit more repetitive. Uh, it really helps. Mm-hmm. Like it, it should be more in the back of your mind. It shouldn't be too noticeable while you're, while you're working. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's also the like it, ch- it changes per person, I guess. Uh, what cool. you like or not. <laughs> Do you ever adjust music to to the theme of your project piece that you're making, or it's always techno, mm-hmm. high beat, or anything? Um, like I need like to listen to a bunch of Westerns. For this. <laughs> Let's see, maybe I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think actually I sometimes do adjust it. Like when, when I do an, like an environment, I tend to listen to more epic music, you know, like more oh. movie music or game mm-hmm. music. Whereas mm-hmm. I just do a concept like a, like a weapon like this. It's more just techno music. It doesn't really matter what music. Nice. Uh, it, but yeah, it helps me to get like for environments. It helped me. It helps me to get into the right, uh, the right mindset. I think. Or the right frame of mind, I think is what you call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice. Like so, like a big piece music. like this, and of course you have a full-time gig and you have a life and everything. How long does this usually take from concept, from an idea to, to finish off and on? Uh, so you mean this one, the Star Citizen, for example? Yeah, yeah well, or, well, your other personal, I know this is like a, team effort but let's go to your personal or the last one that you did like usually how long that takes yeah um if i don't count the textures for this one i think if if you would count it full time it would have been like maybe a week oh um (laughs) freaking fast jesus that's 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 off hours too (laughs) yeah without textures yeah just modeling uh kit bashing uh, yeah. By now, you probably have quite a library too, right? That helps. Not as much as I'd like, but okay. I, I do have some. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's like a, it's like a week. I mean, the geometry is super simple for this stuff. Uh, it's a shame I cannot open it. Actually, I can probably show the wireframe here a little bit or this one. I would love to kind of ask you about that too as you're opening it. Um, so when I was working, I would meet these, you know, seniors that would have, you know, a library full of their past stuff. And so they would be ready to whip up a new airport or airline within three days. And it's like the magic guy um, (laughs) that that can do these things. Like how important is that uh, you think as an environment art to always keep your old work 
just in case, you know, you need to kit bash or whip something up? Or do you prefer to always start from concept and, and just go with it? Like how, how important is that or not important at all? I think it can help. Like, I mean, in a in a professional setting, in a studio, you you do that anyway. Like, you're kind of forced to always keep your source files and keep your stuff, of course. But um, for personal work, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a tough one. Uh, it probably depends per person. I think reusing props and stuff is it, it's good to keep them. But what I found myself is. You're going to get better along the way and you probably don't want to reuse your old props in your work mm. anymore because you think you can do it better now um so i mean it's good to keep them i think stuff like textures definitely keep them because it's going to help you a lot to to have them but um like fully baked props or stuff like that the chances of you want to re of you um reusing it i think is, is, a, is a lot smaller than something like a texture mm -hmm. uh, at least in, in my experience mm -hmm. cool yeah but I mean, anyway, I'll always keep your source files and stuff uh, back, back, backed up. That's I think that that's a that's an important thing to do either way. Yeah. Do you I, find I yourself ever improving an old project, or you always looked ahead for new ideas? Mm, I think I always look look ahead. I would like to improve them, but then I also think to myself like, ah, I already made it. I want to do something completely new and fresh. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Cool. So this yeah, render right here is from Octane, right? It's in, uh, yeah. in my, have you, have you ever transferred any of this on your personal? Or is it just too much work to kind of put it into unity unreal or any of that? Um, I've never done it with a, like a high poly like this. I, mm -hmm. I think since I'm doing so much baking and, uh, and like, you know, game ready workflow stuff, uh, workflow yeah, stuff for work. work. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't do it for my personal projects. Um, it's just annoying. because I don't know. Yeah. I want to push my concepting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got lazy, I guess over time. <laughs> it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of the, the baking, the texturing, just making it a full game res is annoying. It takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time, yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. I'll op also open this one. So this is the previous one I did. Uh, I can open it here already. This one, Gate 05. I'm the worst with names. I always just do the most generic name you can think of. So do you brainstorm on Pinterest images or just have a, a, a vague thought and you just put shapes together within the 3D package? Like what's your process getting a concept going? Um, so... I always have a goal in mind with my project. Like I want to, I want to practice something to start with. So in this case, I, I knew I wanted to try a new workflow where I saw this, this guy um, using tessellation in Octane, which is super powerful to basically resolve a lot of detail. Um, so all this, let's see if it's open here. Yeah. So all, all of this paneling and stuff is not modeled. It's, it's basically like the model is like this. Let's see if I can draw over it uh, with, Let's put it to red. So basically the topology of this is pretty much like, like this, right? It's super simple, uh, like a wireframe like this. Even this here is all just coming from the, from the tessellation. So that I, I always know beforehand, I want to push something and, or I want to try something new. And in this case, that was using tessellation to resolve as many details as I can for me. So I don't have to think about filling in all the detail. It's, it's all just 
like throwing on the texture and that's it. Nice. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, then as far as how the environment is going to look, sometimes I do some small thumbnails in Photoshop, just some quick, some quick, uh, like gray value thumbnails to, to see some, like to get potential ideas and take it from there, um, in, in either fusion or, or max in this case. Um, and yeah, that's really, I, I always, when I have like a very concrete idea in my head and I, st I start to make it in 3d, it always ends up being something different, which mm -hmm. is not necessarily a good thing. It's, it's actually a bad thing, I think, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's something I, that I want to improve as well is, um, actually being able to make the thing I have in my head from the start. As long as you don't share your concept with anybody else, uh, the end result looks good. No one's going to fault you for it. They're like, yeah, that's yeah, what it's yeah. supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> part of the process um the yeah. one thing i do admire with a lot of you know concepting and pre-render and i think a lot of people i think students nowadays are, are leaning because unreal is free unity free they go there first and they skip this whole pre-rendering process i think they skip a lot on what you're doing right now like the whole workflow in a quicker time and uh the value of cheating right i think a game developer yeah. is all about cheating right and shortcuts yeah. and um yeah, when I see a student do a full environment, fully baked, like even go as far as like hard servicing every little, you know, nook and cranny of a model, I feel like they're wasting a lot of time and mm -hmm. not thinking about what a game developer is, which is, you know, the, the shortest shortcut uh, that they can take to complete a project. Because um, we're all about optimizing. We're all about taking you know what we're used to seeing in movies and translating that into a system and make it run uh so mm -hmm. i think the pre-rendering workflow that you're showing us here with even with you know the post-processing especially helps kind of think this way so that when they need to do a whip out a building really fast with some tessellation um you know because a lot of the game techniques now are are, are borrowing from you know movie industry um I think Substance yeah. finally had, uh, you can paint like 42 tieable textures or, or something like that. They finally have like multiple mm -hmm. UV texturing. Yeah. yeah. That's a movie thing. Um, so we're borrowing from them. Yeah. I, I think that's a, actually a very good point is people in general overscope a lot for personal projects. Yeah. Um, where like for an environment, if, if we're looking for, for people to hire, we we mostly like if we can see like it kind of goes back to the first point is like when when we can see that someone can take an asset from from id to to baked asset we we trust them they can do it on every asset basically um and it's the same with environment if 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 we can see from a nice image that that you can dress an environment and understand lighting and optimization a little bit like even not even optimization it's um like optimization is something you will learn in the studio as well. But um, if, if you understand lighting and how to dress a corner of a room, uh, that's, that's, and if you make that corner look super awesome, that has more value, I think, than doing a complete environment that, that took you like three times the amount of time and probably looks less good than at one corner, uh, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Understand your limits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so l let me ask you that. Do you ever time box? Do you become, because these students right now are, are working on a group project. They do have a, a deadline, uh, which I think helps a lot with 
any creative endeavors. Uh, how serious are you with personal deadlines? Do you cut off? Do you extend a bit if you need a little more work? Like how, how, how much of that is part of your creations? Mm, I, I do set deadlines because it, it deadlines is really what pushed me to work in the first place often. Um, like if, if I can get myself to work and I set a deadline, that's when I will, you know, get to work the sa- same as with, um, with writing stuff down, I guess, mm-hmm. which is also a deadline. Cause I write stuff down for the day. Like I want to hit these points for this day. Um, and that, that's, that's when you get productive. Uh, so I, I do it as well, but I also don't think you should, uh, this is kind of counterproductive what I say now, but don't stick to those deadlines too much. Like it's fine to go over them, but at least set them for yourself. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. it's, it's more, it's more a tool. It's not, uh, it's it's not a necessity i guess if it, um like don't don't cure yourself over a deadline basically no, don't don't <laughs> be whipping yourself if you miss a day or two. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no punishing um cool well i we're we're about like 14 minutes away and i i at this point i, I kind of like to open the floor for the students to ask you questions directly uh for whatever they want uh whatever thoughts anything you guys want to share but don't embarrass me guys so uh go ahead uh feel free uh, ask any questions you have you know boy is here you know he's awesome and uh i take advantage of it guys cool Oh, yeah. Something in the background. Yeah. Um, I have questions. So, when you design like a, a concept or a uh, composition, you know, do you start with like something rough and then focus on like the camera angle or focus on like the main object of the character and then go to the background or you start with a background and then, uh, work on the focal point uh, back in like what's your process um let's see so for example for um let's do this one um i think in it's it's a bit of both i think in this case for example because there's not i mean the focal point is the entrance with the two ships for example so in in this case um i i always choose my camera angle as soon as i can that that's the first thing i do um because then then i design the environment around my camera angle so that means i i, I can cheat a lot right and save a lot of time des- like designing stuff uh, that only only designing the stuff that matters um so that's the camera angle is usually the first thing i decide on together with with like the super rough blockout like all, all the stuff is going to be cubes in the start and i have two floating cubes here that represent the ships um and together with that i decide to angle and then from there i i just i continue like the background this thing on the left for example that came in way later um just because i i felt like okay i actually i'm missing a background element so i should add something there so um it it basically it's a bit of both i i go from the back to the front to the back deciding deciding what what i put where um but getting the camera angle i think is the most important Thing almost uh, to decide soon on if you want to if you want to finish it fast. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I hope that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It it depends per project though. Like for example, with the gun, I obviously I 
this this whole environment I created after I created the gun. Like I I didn't um I first made the gun and then I was like, ah, let's look at cool ways on how I can present this. Then I just was like, okay, maybe I could do some sort of painting room. And then I just um then again I decide the angle and then I I model the room around that angle. Uh in the same way I do it for environments, I guess. Um yeah. The meanwhile, I will also show this. This is like the latest thing I'm currently working on. Little Ooh. spaceship wow. based on a horseshoe crap. <laughs> Looks awesome, man. Um, who else had a question? Start popcorn picking. <laughs> All right, John, uh, I was like... wondering if um, if you when you start to work on a on a prop, if you have a clear plan of the of the workflow that you're gonna go through, or if you just decide along the way. Because I find myself uh, maybe going another route midway in the process sometimes when I make a prop that might be because I'm inexperienced, but. Mm -hmm. Um, so in, in a studio, it's pretty much always the same workflow. Um, cause you, you know, you have set tools to do it. Um, it's like, okay, we well, use substance painter or you use Quixel in, in, or it's like you, uh, you use Max or Maya, um, in, in that sense. So in the studio, I, it's it's always the, the same workflow, but um, for my personal projects, it's I guess I decide on the workflow before I make it because uh, I want my workflow to be the personal project. If that makes sense, like I always want to want to learn something new during a project. So that's yeah, that's why beforehand I I decide on how I'm going to do it. Though, you know, it it's true that sometimes you, you find out about something while while making it, uh, and then it's. That that that's also successful, and then then it's totally fine to to switch. I think, um, I think I've also done that on on occasions. Like you either find out about the tool that you didn't knew ex know existed before, and you're like, oh, I, this could totally help me out in this circumstance. Then, yeah, then totally go for it. <laughs> and also, how much time do you have on a on I guess for example a gun? Uh, while working on a game how long it is hmm. or when's the deadline from start to finish i think it it depends well it depends a lot per per, per project like um i don't know if i can share the times for for a star citizen for example like i, mean, I guess it doesn't matter but it's shorter than for example guns for call of duty like I've, i haven't done guns myself With Star Citizen, for example, which is custom normal based, uh, it, it's it's a lot faster than say a fully baked, unique high poly that's all like nitty gritty textured uh, for Call of Duty. That that's going to take a lot longer, of course. Um, that's more in the in the like like a, I don't know, maybe like a month uh, compared to like a week or two weeks <laughs> um, for for this project. Um, and then for myself, I. I take way too long for guns because I'm not a concept artist. Like I'm, I, I'm a wannabe concept artist, right? So I, um, I'm not as fast as as most people uh, who do this um, as as a full profession, which is something that, that I'm working. Like maybe maybe a month to get the whole thing. Well, not a month. 
it's it's hard to say because it's always working during the night or in the weekends only um so it's somewhere between like between two weeks and a month i would say <laughs> which is too long for a concept all right you guys have any last question before i kick in here so uh, oh sorry if you if you are doing a style or or, or just like any object you're not familiar with, like how many references do you uh, usually look up to like get like, like a look and feel of like what you try to go for? Um, I can, oh, actually I don't have my ref sheet here. That's, that's too bad. But for example, for this guy, I never did, did like a proper spaceship before or anything like, like this. Like I, I did the get bash one that we saw before, but, um, a lot of reference like i i don't think there's a there's a thing as enough reference um so i think for this i currently have like 50 images in my ref, ref folder or maybe more all like organized on pure f by like for example i would have like 10 10 different uh engines to to help me with designing the engine when i get to it then i have like maybe 20 images of like aircraft paneling and like little radars and antennas on, on aircrafts to, to help me with this stuff and with how I'm going to do the basic body. Um, so I, the more reference, the better really there. There's yeah. Just go nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I have one last question and I'm going to say goodbye to everyone, but uh, generally uh, you know, you, you being in the industry, these a lot of students. What what advice do you would you give them uh, if they're looking to follow in your footsteps to get into a entry level junior artist position? Like, what should they be working on? What should they be focusing? And how can they uh, defer from you know the whole art station? <laughs> like, what would make them feel and stand out basically for a job position? <laughs> Hmm. Um, I guess I, that's a couple of things that I can recommend. I think the first one is ask a lot of people for, um, for feedback, like just hit up people in the industry. I, it, me and my colleagues were always happy to provide feedback if, if you want So always feel free to just send me a message on Facebook or ArtStation or whatever. And I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as I can with, with some feedback. And that goes for a lot of people in the industry. Like, it's it's always fun to help someone or to feedback someone because you you'll get bet, better from the feedback, but also we get bet, better from the feedback because we also learn from feedbacking, if that makes sense. Um, and the other one is like um, pick a project that that's unique, I guess. Like if you want to stand out, that there's a lot of AK-47s. There's nothing wrong with AK-47, but there's a million AK-47s on ArtStation, right? Like you, you would have to make a very good AK-47 to stand out, if that makes sense. So I would rather pick pick a unique concept or a unique weapon, something that hasn't been done before or that that aren't that many of on ArtStation and push that a lot. Uh, that That's going to stand out a lot more than, than um, you know, another fire barrel or another wooden crate if that makes sense um then let's see if there's anything else yeah just um just okay this is contradictory but just work a lot like spend a lot of time on it because the only way to get good is spend a lot of time doing it basically uh like my first 
three years, I I probably I, I would almost say maybe I worked too much, but just um, you're not gonna get good if you only spend like an hour a week, right? Like um, you you're gonna need to spend a bit more time than that to to compete with with all the other people who are trying to do the same thing as you, with the thousands and thousands of other starters, basically. Hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's enough. Well, I mean, like, uh, guys, make sure you delete your wooden barrels and crates. We don't want to see any of that. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it's, fine, it's fine to have them, but don't make them the main focus, I guess. Yeah, make it the background. Put it in the way, way, way back of your environment. But uh, I want to I wanna thank you, boy, and I, I definitely will follow you, uh, follow up with you after this um, to talk about um, – other things but like uh i want to thank you especially for you coming on and talking with this group of students you definitely inspired and motivated everyone and make us feel lazy which is which means you're <laughs> you're an awesome guest uh that's the whole point it's like uh <laughs> pandemic if anything have probably pushed you even further right uh, <laughs> to make more projects i mean how are you dealing with that force first or no uh how I'm dealing with it. Um, so um, it's, I mean, so for me, not that much, not that much changed, I guess for me, cause <laughs> I always was inside a lot doing this stuff, but um, yeah, I'm just trying to be, uh, to force myself to go outside now and just go for a walk and stuff because beforehand, you know, you do that stuff with colleagues and friends, whereas now that's a bit impossible. And I think it's important to, you know, to keep working out and go to the gym and stuff. Uh, so I just, have to find different ways now to do that because the gym is closed, for example. Uh, mm. uh, but yeah, I, I always, I always feel like whenever I go to the gym or something, or I go bouldering or I go for a run outside, uh, as soon as I get back home, I'm always super hyped to, to work on my projects again. So, uh, I, I think doing that is also really important. Actually, I didn't, didn't speak about it yet, but working out and being, being healthy is probably one of the most important things to, to stay productive. Uh, as soon as I start working too much, I notice that my productivity actually goes down, even though I work more. Work out for a game dev? What? What are you saying? <laughs> Get better chairs is what I say. Get a secret lab. <laughs> Sit longer. <laughs> <laughs> Sit longer. Don't get up. Uh, Don't but, uh, anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, as always, uh, for coming on. And uh, I'm going to link all your stuff to these guys so they know where to find you. And uh, probably invite you into their Discord channel so that you can take a peek if you have the availability. It seems like Discord is the most convenient things ever. Uh, but uh, I want to thank you uh, again for, for, for showing us your work, man, walking us through your process and reminding me that I'm missing out on Fusion. Every time I look at that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to start learning this. And then it's like, well, there's a whole different way of thinking every time you learn. <laughs> you got to model differently. It's like, all right, maybe I'm not ready for that yet. But you're, you're convincing me more that, you know, hard surfacing, if you take it seriously, it seems to be Fusion. Um, I yeah, see it a lot fun. now. Yeah, it looks super uh, fun. <laughs> nice. Well, well, thanks for having me, man. Uh, of course. That was super cool. First time I did something like this, so it's, yes. it's also a cool experience. <laughs> You're a natural, man. Well, thanks for coming on, talking to the students, getting them inspired. But, yeah, nice. Awesome. Of course. And, and good luck, everyone, with uh, 
projects and feel free to send me anything like i'll i'll help out if i can <laughs> yeah awesome we'll take you up on that we'll send you like a level full of barrels and crates and it's like hey we listened <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah thank you man thanks a lot dude we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch uh we'll be talking yep. more all right see ya Check see you man <laughs> all right guys that's it uh i'll uh prep this video up i might make this public because there's so much good information on youtube but um i'll break it up in our special apprentice only way right so um along with the the project i have to go soon but hopefully you guys uh if you guys forgotten what i said at the beginning you know i think keeping it simple compositionally just focus i think it is very compelling the radio and the diner is very compelling out of all the cuts you guys made. There's something there. Just focus on the, the sound the radio makes, the setting of the diner, changing it. Like um, you basically to do it right. You basically would have two diners, right? In various stages, you would have the diner super clean and diner super dirty. Right. And then uh, you can post process uh, or premiere cut it to interlace and, and blend in and out, right? Like flashes or something, I don't know, whatever. But um, from what I've seen from those two cuts, it seems like you guys are leaning on that. Let's let's do that cut, right? So let's take what I said, add whatever else you want, but let's just do a simple pan out. You know, the sign of Silent Hill can be at the very end uh, or glimpses of Silent Hill, you know, those flashbacks can be when the diner is being pan out, right? So, um, Let's focus on that for the next week. I don't think we're ready to fully go into Unreal yet. Let's get that cut going. You can use Unreal for some of the footage, of course, uh, you know, uh, to help with the trailer so you don't have to do Photoshop bashing as much. <laughs> you guys have a diner, right? Just use a diner with a camera to interlace that cut. Uh, just export it, right? At this point, you can use what you have. You know, it'll be, it'll be better than than just using the a picture. So that's my suggestion. Thank you guys. Uh, hopefully that you guys find that enjoyable. Um, boy definitely had a lot of suggestion when it comes to personal projects, you know, um, people were, you know, dropping like flies at the beginning, but look, you guys have a solid group here, uh, you know, four or five people dedicated and committed to kind of help out. You know, Michael is kind of, you know, creeping in the background, but I'm sure if he showed up, you know, there's some interest if you guys give him the right stuff to do. So, um, Focus on that cut. Let's get that looking cut going uh, and, and play around with the sound. So the next week, play around with the sound. I think that's enough to do. Uh, and I think you guys are going to have something pretty compelling. The timing is going to be perfect. So people are wanting Silent Hill. So if you put this out, it's pretty quality. There's a lot of people that are making Silent Hill. Conversations starting to Have a good one. Uh, reach out as always. And talk to you guys later.